There is no doubt we have come to a very precarious crossroad. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. What a week this has been. So many things in the news. I'm not going to spend, I'll be honest, I'm not going to spend as much time on news stories today as I am on the ramifications of all the news stories of the past, oh, I don't know, two years to 10 years, maybe even 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years worth. We've come to a very strange crossroad. And I'm going to say first here in the United States, obviously, you've come to a major crossroad in Canada, Australia. We've seen governments of these supposedly free nations act like tyrants and oppressors of their own people. We've seen things happen in the name of safety we haven't seen since World War II. Yeah, it's been that bad. And to my friends here in the United States, where I live, I'm getting sick and tired of everybody sending me emails, especially politicians. We'll fix it when we take back the House, you know, in November. And then we move onward and upward to 2024. And and I think to myself, 50 years ago, 50 years ago, I'd graduated high school. Well, not quite 50 years ago. It'll be 50 years this uh, this June. And, and I moved to Ohio to attend school. And while I was there, I turned 18. And before I turned 18, I had changed my driver's license. And then I registered to vote in Summit County, Ohio. And in 1972, I cast my first ballot. With the high hope, believe it or not, even back then, I think I had some discernment. I did not vote for McGovern, just so you know. I I felt it was my responsibility to vote, and I felt it was my responsibility to vote for candidates of integrity that could do good for the country and, and not just be a source of handouts which a lot of people were getting into since the, uh, you go back to 1965, the Great Society under Lyndon Johnson. And so I started voting in 1972. And and I can remember all the advertisements over the years in 72 and then 76 and then 80 and, and, and all the years beyond. And with good intent, I voted. And many times... My candidate won. Many times, my candidate did not. But you want to know something in the grand scheme of things? And this is what I want to make clear to everybody that's listening. I don't care if you're in Canada, Australia, New Zealand, United Kingdom, Germany. I know we have some listeners there. Holland, even the Middle East. This is what I want you to know. And I've said this over and over again. Yeah, I've got a couple of news stories I'm going to share in a minute, just some quick hits, nothing nothing major. I'm not going to get too detailed today into news stories. There are things that I think are vastly more important that we all need to come to understand. And if we don't understand it, we're going to be caught up in it. I'm just making that as clear as I can to you today. We live at this crossroad. 
and we've been journeying toward this crossroad, many with their eyes blinded for decades. A lot of people don't pay attention. There's what I call the mushy middle. They, they don't often pay attention to much of the news. They, they hear some headlines. They see a little story on Facebook. And that's about it. And so their ability to have a reasonable response to any news story is minimal because they're living off a diet of sound bites. That's why there are a lot of people running around wearing face masks. That's where the, a lot of people believe that if I'm vaccinated, triple vaccinated, quadruple vaccinated, and a face mask, I'll never get COVID. I've got a story that'll explain that that's not true either. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I'm just going to make it clear that a lot of what we've been told is not necessarily true, partially true. You know, I very seldom agreed with anything that came out of the mouth of Jesse Jackson. But there's one thing he did say a number of years ago to which I firmly believe. A half-truth is a whole lie. If you didn't catch that, I'll say it again. A half-truth is a whole lie. During the course of these past two years, I think that we have been given a diet of many half-truths, even some out-and-out lies. And my question is, why? Why was there this desire not to be honest with the people of the world, let alone the United States, Canada, the Western world in general? What was the reason? Why is there this unabashed demand that everybody participate in the greatest human medical experiment in the history of mankind. And and no matter what you tell me, you can never prove to me that these vaccines are safe and effective because the evidence is beginning to stack up otherwise. There's no doubt in my mind about that. When you have a, when your risk of being a young person and getting Uh, myocarditis, a heart inflammation. It's 145 times higher in young men that are vaccinated than those that are not. And when you look at that age group as a whole, your odds of having major heart disease as a youngster is far greater than your risk of even contracting COVID, let alone getting sick from it. But no, we still insist on this one-size-fits-all. And there's something about this that doesn't make any logical or medical sense. Now, you can quote to me doctors all day long that that buy the company line. And those are the same doctors that do not want to compromise. Let me say that again. They do not want to compromise their standing. In a nation like Canada, for example... You start going against the company narrative, the official narrative of the Justin, I'm a dictator, Trudeau, you might lose your license to practice medicine in Canada or in the province in which you live. The same is increasingly true in parts of the United States. I was reading a story. I think it was out of Maine. Can't remember off the top of my head. A doctor there spoke out against some of the mandates and they were threatening to pull his medical license, put him out of business. So so many doctors, rather than get caught up, what they do is they just go along. 
and they hope that it'll all get better. Just like just like everybody that I get emails from in the political realm here in this country. We need your money. I get a lot of that. Um, we need your money to help defeat Biden and this and that and Pelosi and Schumer. You've heard it all before. And, and I'm going to go with what the Bible says on this one. Do not put your trust in princes or the sons of men. They're going to fail you every time. Like I said, I've been voting for 50 years. What has it gotten me? How have we fixed our nation compared to 50 years ago? How have we repaired our nation compared to, I don't know, 25 years ago? Like 1997. 25 years ago, 1997. How are we vastly better off morally and spiritually and right now compared to where we are today, even economically, than 25 years ago or 50 years ago or two years ago? We're not. We're not. We're coming to this crossroad and and we are on a a path with destiny, and I don't think a lot of people understand that. Now, let me just pause here and just run down a few quick headlines and then a couple of stories that will kind of lead us into where we need to be focused, I think, for today's program and probably even into tomorrow's. This is going to be, I think, a game changer for many of you. Now, some really fast stories here. Uh, I happen to notice toward the end of last week, that in Israel, the COVID-19 Green Pass program is going to be phased out and disappearing. Along with the vaccination card, as authorities cite to a dramatic drop in the severe cases, cases, and and they're watching the case numbers of Omicron going down. The pass system, which was in force for most of last year, Uh, compelled Israelis to provide proof of immunization to visit any large indoor public location, including pubs, hotels, restaurants, gyms, and here's the one that disturbed me, even places of worship. And the final choice to eliminate the vaccine pass arrived just days magically after the tens of thousands of people descended upon Jerusalem, calling for an end to the country's COVID limitations. Yeah, they have a lot to do to fix their economy from all their lockdowns. Notice this in Canada, up north of us here in the United States. Well, those that are dying of, of quote, COVID, uh, 70% plus of those are fully vaccinated. Approximately the same number of people that are fully vaccinated uh, in, in the nation of Canada. So this idea that it reduces your chance of death by 95%, apparently doesn't appear to be playing out as true. Some people are saying, who knows, maybe it's a pandemic of the fully vaccinated now in Canada. What I'm saying is, I said it back in December, the narrative of COVID is going to collapse. And I can't keep talking. I mean, I'll share stories about COVID and vaccine mandates and the stupidity and the weirdness. I'm going to share those. But I can't dwell on those any longer because there are too many other things that are happening in the background that while we are are focused on COVID, while we are looking at COVID, we ignore all the other. Even look, even in the United States in 2020, in spite of all the the riots and things that were occurring in the summer of love, you remember that? 
all those riots and burnings of the mostly peaceful, according to CNN protest, frankly, a lot of people didn't pay much attention. They were too busy worrying about getting the virus uh, than to worry about getting, you know, a riot in their town. And so that's that's somebody else's problem. That's just happening in Minneapolis. That's happening in in St. Louis. That's happening, you know, in in bad, mean cities that are run by, you know, in blue states like uh, Oregon, like Portland or Seattle, maybe even D.C. But see, it wasn't happening in uh, an Anderson, Indiana. It wasn't happening in a Wellsville, New York. It wasn't happening in little towns in southwest Ohio. It wasn't happening in small town America. Whether you like, it was, in other words, it wasn't happening in Clayton, Georgia, not far from our Georgia home. And a lot of Americans live in those areas. And so it was kind of like, yeah, it's happening there, but it doesn't affect me here. And so everybody worried about the coronavirus. And I see all these efforts made by government. I really believe in my heart of hearts that some people in government, because I was for a very short time one of them, I came on board in early 2020 wanting to help. And after about few months of sticking around and trying to help, I realized, no, we're not really helping. There's something else going on here because the information that we are sharing, some of the dictates we are beginning to mandate, this is before the vaccine, by the way, simply defied logic, common sense, and legitimate science. And by the summer of 2020, as you know, I started this program. But I never intended this program, Truth to Ponder, uh, to be strictly about a virus. Though, between the virus, the lockdowns, the mandates, the vaccines, and all that go with it, um, we've spent a tremendous amount of time on it. But there's a lot of other things going on in this world that has brought us to a unique crossroad. While so many people were focused on covid A lot of things have happened in the background, but thankfully for the moment, there's a little salt and light going on. For the moment, some things are being scaled back, but don't think you won the war. This is what I want to get clear. Don't think that because in Israel and in many other nations and states all over the United States that these restrictions are easing. Things may change in Canada because a lot of people are going to look back at this and say, you know, this wasn't the right thing to do. Same will happen in Austria, which, by the way, is pulling back. Remember, they were going to fine people enormous amounts of money if they're unvaccinated. They're retreating. You know what it is? And I want you to hear me on this. These governments, one by one, have finally found where is the brick wall that we can't not push beyond with this narrative? Where does it stop? How far could we go? How much compliance can we get? And they have pretty much found out. And now they have to figure for the next crisis how to push beyond that to get the real agenda, which has nothing to do with keeping you safe from a virus or anything else. It doesn't. We are in spiritual warfare as well. 
I'm going to get to that in a moment. It's very important that you understand uh, the spiritual warfare aspect that is going on in the world today. Psalm 46 starts with these words. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Through the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah. And then verse 4. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. And I'll explain what all that means in just a moment. Look, the pandemic can only be pushed so far. And people used to talk about this program. I've, I've seen some emails that go back maybe six months ago, eight months ago, a year ago, when we would talk about the World Economic Forum. And I have good friends, and we, we disagree a little bit. They understand there's some nefarious things about the WEF, the World Economic Forum. And I look at it. And I look at what they've produced. I've looked at their videos. I've looked at their seminars. And I'm deeply concerned. I mean, I'm not getting this secondhand or thirdhand or a friend of a friend of mine that knew somebody that used to work in the government who had a friend who was a janitor that once listened to a... I don't do that. I just went to their own website. Real easy to find it. Doesn't take a whole lot of effort. And I looked at all the things they brag about doing. And that was enough to convince me that they're a dangerous organization. They, they don't want people to have the ability of rational thought. They don't want people uh, to, be, to, to have opinions or be free thinkers. They want everybody to buy into the same narrative. And they've got a way to ensure it to make sure that you do. You know, it, it takes a while. It takes generations to really build compliance. And just think about this for a moment. The children of Israel were in slavery for how long in Egypt? And they desired to be free. They desired to no longer be slaves in Egypt. Long, long time. Those that had been first bought into bondage were long dead and gone, were generations beyond. And they finally get free. And how many of them rebelled and wanted to go back to Egypt? Because at least there they had, you know, we had food, we had water. We weren't in a desert. That's what's happening, I believe, in our world today. And I can really say that much of this has happened exponentially in my lifetime. I remember something, and I'm trying to remember which one of my teachers said it when I was in high school. I was a senior. And I'm trying to remember, there may be there are two that come to mind that may have said it. One was either the vice principal and one of my math teachers, or the other one was actually an English teacher that I had a great respect for. He taught us how to 
reason and think, by the way. I never figured out his politics, and I don't think you could have if you tried. But but he said something, and it was right before the end of the school year, right before graduation. This was a senior class. and I, I know it had to be one of those two teachers. And, and he goes, this class may very well be the last class where, acad- where academic standards have been continually rising he said this may be the peak and if things happen like they think they can and they begin to appeal to the lowest common denominator the quality of education in the in the years and decades to come will be significantly changed and lowered that that was told to me like 50 years ago from a high school teacher i'm really beginning to think it was my math teacher, now that I look back, because he would be the kind of a guy that would just come out and say something like that. This could be that we may have reached the peak of all these years of people that could think for themselves, learn how to reason, use logic. This is what we learned in high school. We didn't learn to regurgitate. Oh, I, I could regurgitate facts and information from history, of course. Theories and theorems for mathematics and certain science, but... You know, understanding that, that that's knowledge. Wisdom is supplying knowledge. Knowledge is worthless without wisdom. And, and so I didn't pay much attention to it. I mean, I, I graduated high school, went on to a technical college, and then on to another university, and then, you know, into the world to work. And I started my career in radio. So You know, I kind of paid attention to local news, a little bit of state, and some national. But I wasn't a news hound. But then again, you really couldn't be. We didn't have the internet. We just had local newspapers and radio and some television. There was no cable outlets. You did the best that you could with what you had. And and so I look back now, and and I look at the gradual decline and how that decline accelerated over time. One of the greatest tools in the world is the Internet. Now, let's go a little bit before that. Like I said, when I first got married and lived in a little town in Georgia, like many of you remember, we had three television stations. One came in a little fuzzy. The other two were okay. And somebody would have to go outside sometimes to turn the antenna a little bit if it got blown in the wind. We had three TV stations, a couple of local radio stations, maybe a couple of regional music stations, uh, a daily newspaper from another town, and then a weekly newspaper. So we didn't have the exposure. You know, CNN had not yet been born. That came along five years later. And even then, cable was in its earliest days. I didn't have cable TV. You ready for this? I didn't have cable TV until many years later, uh, only because I lived in a place where I had to have it because you couldn't have an antenna. And I just bought the most basic package I could get away with. It took me years before I cared about things like, you know, a movie channel or something like that. I didn't care. It wasn't who I was. We weren't that uh, into binge watching television. We just didn't do it. And it only changed for me 
in the mid-1990s, believe it or not, up until 1996, I ended up back in my wife's hometown of, of in northeast Georgia, Tacoa, and, and I was working for a Christian college, Tacoa Falls College, and all we had then was an outside antenna and an FM antenna up on the roof. We could pick up, as I recall, uh, channel 4, channel 7, channel 13, channel 16, channel 21, and 29. That was pretty much it. And then a TV station came on the air locally, uh, channel 32 for you, uh, WNEG-TV right there in Tacoma. And so that was our television. And it changed one day. The antenna got damaged and... And I saw this ad for Dish Network, and the price was right. And I said, you know, I think we're going to give it a try because you could buy the equipment and you could just pay by the month. So I bought the Dish, bought, bought everything I needed, and we had our first satellite receiver, and the rest is history. You know, we, we got it right about the time Fox News came on, and, and I really didn't watch a whole lot of television, but it gave us more news outlets than we had had before and the Weather Channel, and all those kind of things. And that's what we really got it for. But you know, cable TV started influencing even some of us baby boomers. I was born in the midst of the baby boom generation. Those that came a little after, even a little bit more influence. I, I, I'm not a Gen Xer, so I, I never really paid much attention to MTV or any of that. It, it just wasn't what I did. But television and the music industry and the cable industry and the movie industry over this period of time has desensitized an entire generation or two. I lived in Long Island as a little kid, and I have been to construction sites as a little boy, and and I really never heard adults using bad language in front of people. I'm sure a little bit of it occurred at the firehouse or, or what have you, but people then had this modicum. They had this inside instinct not to blurt out four-letter words and F-bombs just because they could in public, in general. People just didn't do it. It got slightly worse in the 90s. But see, now I, you can be in a Walmart parking lot and you can hear F-bombs all day long inside the store and out. People have no filter anymore. We have been desensitized to decency, uh, morality, Right from wrong, it began in the 1960s. If it feels good, do it. And that became the generation of those that are pretty much in charge of the world today. They're, they're beginning to retire out to those that they've trained behind them. I mean, this is where we are today. And, and maybe that teacher was right. This is the last year that people will be able to think for themselves. It's going to change. And he saw it coming down the pike. I hope he didn't have to live to see it. 1975, who would have ever thought about the Supreme Court having an entire case to allow same-sex marriage? 
2015. We would never have thought about it in 1975, but ironically, yeah, 40 some odd years later, 50 years, you know, some, yeah, 40 years later, here we are. Same-sex marriage, done, and a rainbow lighting of the White House. Had, had somebody done that in 1975, 1985, even 1995, it would have been, people would have been just, not besides being amazed, they would have been angered. They would never have tolerated it. But we've had this gradual erosion over time. I know I'm going to be just slightly late, late to the break, but I want to share this. There, there's that term we use called woke, woke culture. And, and this is what we're fighting today. Woke culture is a dangerous it's dangerous. It's vanity. It's decadence. Uh, it's extreme. And the Western world really can't afford the price we're going to pay. And we've had this unprecedented woke psychodrama all over the world. All these little fits. We transgenderism. We know gender fluidity. If if you know what what are your preferred pronouns? He, she, or uh, him, or her, or we, or they, or it, or... I mean, this, this is not... This is madness. This is delusional madness. Blind obedience to anything that comes like a mandate to a coronavirus, no matter how absurd. And, and freedom of speech and opinions are only permitted... If they agree with the established woke narrative, programs like mine will someday be crushed as a podcast. I know the day is coming. Maybe next week, maybe next year, but the day will come. And see, if you don't follow the path, you will get deplatformed. You become ridiculed. And what I really am afraid we're going to see, part of what did sneak in, with this coronavirus is going to be what is called the social credit score. They may not get to digital currency right away. It's on its way. It's coming sooner than you think. And it'll come to a banking institution near you. If you don't think it won't happen here in the United States, if you don't think it's going to happen in Great Britain, uh, United Kingdom, or Australia, or, or anywhere in Europe, Look at what just happened in Canada for daring to speak out, for daring to even support. You might find your bank account frozen. Now, I've run a little long on this segment, so I need to kind of wind it up. I've got a lot more on the other side, but I, and I know maybe I sound like I'm rambling. Maybe I am. I've just got so many things inside of me that need to be shared. And I need to hear from you about what can I do with this program to help you. I mean, I can sit here today like I'm doing and, and point out the problems you may not be even seeing. But we also need to have solutions to the problems to which we face. For those of us, or those of you, I should say, that believe that it just takes the right politician, and we'll be back to like just prior, we'll be back to 2019 before you know it. I don't want to go back to 2019. Oh, the economy was better. But were we better morally, spiritually, and otherwise? No, we were We were still on a downward trend. But we'll talk about that too on the other side. 
If you believe in this ministry, by the way, Shortwave Project, we're beginning to get closer to the end, and I can't wait till this is finished. It has taken months of my time and a lot of travel, and I, I can't wait to be able to spend more time preparing and producing this radio show and the other things that God has laid upon my heart. If you can help with the airtime, the bill is coming due real soon. Would you make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio. And you can mail a check to Truth to Ponder, Truth to Ponder, and the address is 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248 in Crestview, Crestview, Florida, 32536. That city again is Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida. Zip code 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Stopping the cursor, coming up. Shalom Alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy. Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Can somebody place you under a curse? Are you under a curse right now? Well, believers debate the issue. If somebody is into witchcraft or sorcery, can they put a curse on your life? Can somebody put a curse on you as a believer? Well, the answer is yes, but only a certain type of person. So it's important you find out who this is, who who this person is who can put a curse on your life so you can stop it. Well, it's not somebody into witchcraft. It's not a demon. It's not even the evil one. Who is it? It's you. See, if you're born again, you don't have to fear anyone placing a curse on you. God is greater than the enemy, and the blessings of salvation are stronger than any curse. Remember Balaam? He tried to curse Israel, but he couldn't. But then a curse came upon Israel, but it didn't come from the outside. It came from the inside. It came from Israel. Israel turned away from God and to sin, and they were cursed. So in God, nobody can put a curse on your life but you. If you live in sin, if you live in bitterness and unforgiveness and anger and self-centeredness or pride or anxiety or fear or hatred and worldliness, carnality, then you're already putting a curse on your life because that's what sin does. That's what unforgiveness does. So is there a curse on your life? Well, if so, deal with a person putting it on your life. You renounce the sin, renounce the bitterness, renounce the pride, renounce the unforgiveness or whatever else it is. Turn away from it into the light because there's only blessing. If you dwell in him, walk in his light, every weapon formed against you shall not prosper. It will come to nothing. Stop the curse. Want more? Ask for breaking the curse. Now, what if you receive daily vitamins guaranteed to strengthen your spiritual walk with God? Uh, well, you can with Sapphires, your daily spiritual vitamins for a victorious walk with God. And updates on Israel and prophecy and the incredible mystery of the temple doors, all free. You'll love it. How do you get this all free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 to receive your free gifts. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now you can actually spread salvation around the world for very little. There's shortwave radio from the Arctic Circle to Israel. It's amazing. It's like sending a billion tracks around the world. How? Well, you know, it's just awesome and you can be part. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1, Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Just write to the Nice Jewish Boy Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. That's the Nice Jewish Boy Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, break the curse, my friend. Shalom Alechem, peace be to you in Messiah. Yeshua Tenu. 
our salvation. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. This has been and continues to be a busy time as we are still trying to finish some of the loose ends on this major shortwave project going on in Florida. Had a few minor setbacks, but things not to be unexpected in this kind of work. It always seems to happen that way. Maybe it's Murphy's Law. Maybe it's just the way things work. Maybe we're doing something uh, very important, making those that would hate that kind of work in the spiritual realm push a little harder against us. I can honestly say I've never been as tired in doing this kind of work as I have been of late. But then again, I'm also a bit older too, so I, I need to keep that in mind. In this segment, I wanted to share a few thoughts. And, and I know that I, I seem to be going hither and yonder, and I apologize. But but I was thinking, as we came out of the break, I want to share something from 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, just a couple of verses, real quick. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. We spend a lot of time in this life taking care of these bodies of ours. I mean, a lot of people are fanatical in, in taking care of themselves to the point of being obsessed and I'll just come out and say it. Some people are obsessed with with good health and taking care of themselves to the point they're not even living. During the pandemic, I saw a lot of people so afraid of dying they could not live. They could not be productive. They could not think. They couldn't be rational. And in essence, they have lost two years of their life. And for many of these people that have lost two years of their life, they're going to be losing many more years of their life because they're going to be living in perpetual fear of the boogeyman virus coming back to haunt us. They'll never get the word endemic. They have been so brainwashed by media and the sensationalism that they're never going to be able to to function again. We're going to have a lot of psychological damage with adults, many elderly Many that couldn't see their families for months because of these draconian, unnecessary restrictions that never really did much of any good anyway. We're going to have many broken hearts, broken homes, and broken people. And it's not because of the virus. And I will say, and I'm sure some of you will disagree, but I I am convinced from what I saw early on, We don't have 900,000 people that died because of COVID. A lot of people, they test after the fact who are dying of cancer. Oh, they have COVID. They're a COVID death. Oh, that guy in the car wreck, he was tested positive two weeks ago. COVID death. We have thousands upon thousands of those that we know of. So I don't buy the number. It was manufactured fear. 
Now, I know some people have died of COVID. I know some, no one that I actually know, but I know that some people have. And in every case, there seems to be a common thread. They were following CDC protocol in a hospital, and they seem to expire that way more than often than not. And so there, there's so many things wrong, and I don't want to get into that, but you, you understand what I'm trying to tell you. And in the midst of all this pandemic, we had some other things growing since 2015. I saw something the other day that, you know, when you look at the younger generations, uh, and it's funny here, I'm saying younger generations. I used to be one, but not anymore. The acceptance of, of how do I put it? Transgenderism, homosexuality, bisexuality, all these things are becoming the norm rapidly among younger people. Now, there was a time not that many years ago that maybe maybe one in 20 would identify with any of that. Then it became one in 10. Now it's one in five among many young people to identify with these woke causes. Why? Because they've been exposed to that all their lives. I see we're here in the United States, the Biden administration, they really want to spend money to start getting kids out of parents' homes at an earlier age in state-sponsored preschool and daycares. Just what this world needs is to have children not raised by their parents and raised by the state. Now, there are many at the state level in a lot of states that think that's a wonderful idea Then they can mold these children into being perfect little government drones. And to give you an idea of how this madness works, let's just go across the pond to England. Now, we, we've seen what happens in the United Kingdom, Europe, Canada, Australia. All these things find its way into the entirety of Western society. The United States, because of 50 states and a lot more, I'll use the term, uh, diversity of people I, I hate to put it that way but that's really what it is uh, it's it's it takes a little longer to get into our system we, we see that in in great britain we are learning now that students will eventually be told not to refer to their teachers as mr or mrs or miss and this is coming out of training sessions that are organized by the National Education Union in the UK. And, and what they're trying to do there is to foster a gender-free education model. You're following so far? A gender-free education model. Now, if somebody had mentioned something like that 20 years ago, they would have been considered absurd crazy talk but see over these 20 years of letting letting the government raise your children let letting the universities become sanctuaries of insanity not sanctuaries of free speech where literally you have to follow what you're told to think or you shall be condemned and canceled and it's getting worse and worse with each passing day let alone year so to foster this gender-free education model, the chief executive of the Educate and Celebrate charity told educators in lecturing entitled Getting the Language Right for 2022 
that pupils need to be using gender-neutral terms in the classroom, like teacher instead of Mr. and Mrs. whatever, or Miss. And this came out of a webinar, which was obtained by the newspaper The Telegraph, to advocate for classrooms to abandon all gender-specific terms. You you understand this? In other words, in school, no more gender-specific terms like boys, girls, son, daughter, mother, father. How about pupils, child, student, and maybe, you know, caregiver or parent? In, In other words... They want gender-free uniforms. You can't say uh, a boy's outfit or girl's outfit. They're going to make a gender-free uniform. And their website is boasting of thousands of nurseries, primary schools, secondary schools, colleges, and businesses that have signed up to their Pride in Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Award. According to the website, they equip you and your communities with knowledge, skills, and confidence to embed gender identity and orientation into the fabric of your organization. I shared with you a story, I think it was last week, and this particular story was, you know, this mother discovered, because of the pandemic and uh, what was going on, that her 12-year-old daughter had been, uh, shall we say, The schools were wanting her daughter to become a boy. She's 12 years old. And so they were encouraging her to join a club where you can be transgender. And I shared with you the ramifications and what had happened. When at school, she would, you know, try to cover up the fact she's a girl. And she went by a boy's name, was encouraged to use the boy's restroom, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, of course, never tell the parents that you're doing this. You know, you you have to lie to them. But when you get to school, well, see, the mother found out. Mother found out. And it occurred during the time that there was online learning when the girl just chose not to act like a boy in any shape, manner, or form, went back to being who she was and happened to mention to her mother the stupidity of what was going on at her school. And there's a lawsuit there. And, you know, I don't, I don't think the left even cares about lawsuits anymore. They're, they're going to buy up the judges at some point to ensure they always win. If you're a Christian, we're fighting a losing battle. We are. We are fighting a losing battle. This is why I keep saying in the United States, don't look at 2022's election as the savior of our nation. It is not. We have been declining precipitously Every year in the last 50 years since I voted, period, 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 it's not going to change. We, I saw an article that, that I thought was rather fascinating about church attendance and, and how in a generation or two or three, you can de-Christianize an entire nation. And it, and it kind of started a lot with my generation. My generation, baby boomers were probably, for the most part, not all, but for the most part, our parents took us to church. Mother and father. Mom and dad and the kids went to church. You didn't fight it. You didn't argue about it. It is something you knew you did. 
course, our generation, the baby boomers, were raised by parents, many of which went through the Great Depression and served in the Second World War. Some cases, Korea. They just didn't want to see their children put up with all that they had to deal with. And so we were probably, as baby boomers, the first truly spoiled generation. We also were the first with television. The first getting, you know, it was just a different time. We were the ones that experienced and maybe came at the tail end of the sexual revolution, the hippie generation and all the counterculture. By the way, I'm thinking something real quick. Neil Young, you know, back in the days when I was a young disc jockey, you know, Neil Young was cutting edge. He was against the man. You know, he was real counterculture. It wasn't that he was against the man. He wanted to be the man. And I think he's proven that in his politics and his recent statements. He's, a, he's among the elite that pretended to be counterculture. He's a fraud, and like a lot of them are. But by getting back to what I'm saying, if you look at these past 50 years, the decline in, in, in church attendance, a lot of baby boomers, when they got to college, gradually faded away from going to church or when they got married and moved away. See, we were more mobile, our generation. Many moved away from the cities in which we were raised just because of opportunity, different world. And as we got to the 1980s and 1990s, more and more people fell away from the churches. Many churches were then hijacked by secular groups and, and you know, these various woke things that were beginning to come through in the 70s, 80s, and 90s and now have just destroyed most mainstream churches, ruined them. And we've come to a point that the generation that came after us, you know, Gen X, and then you had Gen Z and you got millennials and all those, the the idea, you know, it, it started with maybe mom took the kids to church. Then when they were divorces and nobody went to church, and it just went on and on and on. And then generation after generation, nobody goes to church. So you get up on a Sunday, there are a lot of parents today that would never even think. And then I've heard the stupidity of some parents saying, well, I let my child choose if they want to go to church or not. I let them choose. Uh, do you let them choose to brush their teeth or go to school? Well, well, no, you can't do that. Well, why do you let them choose about church? This is the kind of insanity that we're dealing with. And it's perpetuated itself over and over. We have people that have just, they have no faith. They, they, they have phony faiths. They have phony baptisms. They have phony everything. And when that day comes, they'll hear the voice, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of evil. Of evil. It, to give you an idea where it's going, and don't ever say it can't happen here. I saw a story that came out of Finland about a week ago. There is a conservative Lutheran bishop. There's actually a small group of evangelical Lutherans in Finland. They're not part of the state church. They are not the state church. And they are biblically orthodox, Bible-believing, true Christians. And a, and a member of the Finnish parliament. So this bishop and this member of parliament were on trial. On trial. What we, and what, and this, this finished up last week with the prosecution and defense making their closing arguments. I guess we'll get a, a verdict sometime in March. Now, what are they being prosecuted for? 
You ready for this? Both of them have made statements in the past of what the Bible has to say about marriage, sexuality, and sin. And this is considered now hate speech. They're on trial. They are on trial. This Orthodox, conservative, Lutheran bishop and a member of parliament who's also a Christian because they have said in the past, even 10, 15 years ago in some cases, a 2004 booklet, male and female, he created them. Ah, You can't say that. On and on it goes. I mean, if you read anything out of Romans chapter 1, it's hate speech. And they want to find them, you know, a lot of money, like, you know, four or five months worth of income. Uh, They're even asking for potential jail time. This is where it's coming. And it's going to come probably to Canada and, and Australia before long because the church there is dead for the most part. Christianity is dead in England. It's dead in, in, in much of Canada. It's dead in Australia. What percentage of people call themselves believers any longer? You following where we're going? Don't think you're going to fix it at the ballot box. You will not fix it. You will not fix it. It's not going to be fixed. The only hope we have as Christians for now is to come together, work together, take care of each other, as Christians have done for 2,000 years when they have faced times of harsh persecution. Share the gospel whenever the opportunity is given, even if it comes at great risk. And see, I, I would say if I was to go to most churches in America today and somebody came in with a gun and said, renounce Christ or die, many would renounce Christ. Very few would die. Prosecutor claimed that they were not, in this case in in Finland, uh, we're not arguing about Bible or freedom, but then they get into those issues and say they're terrible. I mean, so, in other words, fines and jail time may be coming to Christians in Finland. And won't be long, there's already... Laws in the books in Canada that'll lead in that direction in a short amount of time. Look, I, I know that I've been just kind of wandering today, but I'm trying to prepare us for the next step. I can sit here and do news stories about viruses all day long and the stupidity of mandates and ineffective vaccines that are actually causing more damage than good. And we will continue to do that. But I need to get you prepared for what's coming next. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, Know this also, the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And just like many of the woke churches, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. We have to realize we are in this world, but stop being of it. This pandemic, I think, has proven how many people will ditch their church in fear of a virus. 
and I've shared a message many a time. I'm not going to do it now, but I mean, who do you believe? Where do you put your faith? In Fauci or, or you put your faith in, in, in Jesus Christ? Early Christians would never have done, would have never put up with any of this stuff. Well, well, Bob, you know, the Bible says you're supposed to obey those in authority, don't you know? St. Peter said, if man's authority and his laws go in contradiction to God's laws, I follow God's laws, not man's. True, you follow man's laws where they do not contradict God. The second they do, you're under no obligation as a Christian to follow. But be prepared for the consequences, and many are not. Many don't want to. Chapter 2 of 2 Timothy, Paul tells young Timothy, because he's telling him how to be an evangelist, therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet it is not crowned, except he strive lawfully. Let me tell you. Too many Christians are Christians in name only. We, we, we talk about Republicans in name only, rhinos. We have crinos, Christians in name only. They, they, they want all the benefits, but they do not want to yield themselves to Christ. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 3, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. He'll wipe away all tears. There'll be no more death, no more sorrow. Yeah, we're going to go through this, but be prepared to go through these difficult times together. Just remember this. We can talk about the good news coming out of the pandemic these days, loosening of restrictions, getting rid of the passports and mandates. We'll talk tomorrow and probably a lot next week. No, they went as far as they could this round. They'll come back. They want that digital currency. They want that that permanent digital ID. They want to have a social credit system. Where if you're opposing gender neutrality and all this other stuff, your score goes down. Banks can then deplatform you. The day is coming. Be prepared for it. Don't be surprised and don't go with the world. If you believe in our mission and ministry here, Our airtime bill is coming due next week. If you can help us out to keep ahead, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio. And you can mail that check to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248 in Crestview. Crestview, Florida. 32536. That's 32536. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.